may be seated if you're not already. So we're in a new series, Wise Way, Wise Way. If uh, we were being honest, probably all of us need work on being wise. Um, From time to time, we become unwise or we make bad choices. Um, I know you're probably going, not me. But my guess is that maybe even this week we've made an unwise choice. And so uh, the message is just as much um, for me as it is for you. Um, I make bad decisions uh, from time to time too, hopefully less and less as I get closer to uh, heaven and closer to God. Um, but nonetheless, we all do. Uh, we were uh, heading to bed last night. It wasn't too late. As we have small children, we try to sleep when we can. So uh, we were heading to bed and um, heard uh, honking and uh, yelling right on Main Street at 10-something at night. Uh, that doesn't happen a whole lot. We don't have a lot of traffic around that time. And so I just checked it out. They were gone down the road, but it was clear there was something that had happened. Somebody had made a bad choice. Maybe multiple people had been unwise to uh, cause whatever happened. So wherever you're at today, I know we're all coming from different places and um, spaces, and I know this has been a difficult week for a lot of you. In fact, I've talked to most of you on the phone or text or email, or even seen you at Chick-fil-A today. <laughs> the maloons, we saw them, we were in Buffalo, and it's like, hey, hey guys. So uh, you never know when you're running to each other um, or how I have conversations this week, but uh, just know uh, that I've prayed for every single one of you in the room, and many of you who are not in the room today too. I also prayed for you if you're online. Um, if you don't know, my name is Michael. I'm the pastor here. And so we're in our series, The Wise Way, and what I wanted to do was just show you a video that we did last week just to get us started. So go ahead and turn your attention to the screens. Well, Proverbs can see things that most people don't see. She believes that there's an invisible creative force in the universe that can guide people in how they should live. And you can't see it, just like you can't see gravity, but it affects everything that we do. So what's this force? Well, in Hebrew, it's called chokhmah, and it usually gets translated into English as wisdom. It's an attribute of God that God used to create the world. And chokhmah has been woven into the fabric of things and how they work. So wherever people are making good or just or wise decisions, they're tapping into chokhmah. And whenever someone's making a bad decision, they're working against chokhmah. Right, or as it says in Proverbs chapter 1, the waywardness of fools will destroy them, but the one who listens to wisdom lives in security. So it's like a moral law of the universe. Yeah, it's a cause-effect pattern, and no one can escape it. Chokmah isn't some impersonal force. It's an attribute of God himself. And so in Hebrew thought, your journey to becoming wise has to begin with what Proverbs calls the fear of the Lord. It's this healthy respect for God's definition of good and evil. And true wisdom means learning those boundary lines and not crossing them. All right, well, there you go. If you're wondering where to get uh, great videos like that, you can go to BibleProject.com. And um, that was one of the ones we uh, used. We used that this morning. So wisdom, hokmah, if you didn't know that in the Hebrew, may not matter to you in English, but it's a specific kind of wisdom that comes from God. And like what the video mentioned is it's a part of God's nature. And so we see this all throughout the Bible. 
And specifically here in Proverbs, we see this as something that's given to Solomon. Uh, and I won't get into the background of how Solomon got that because I did that last week. So go listen to last week's message if you need to. Um, you come to this place where you know, we realize that wisdom from God is much more than just um, you know, look both ways before you cross the street, right? It's a wisdom that comes with um, discernment, with love, with kindness, um, wrapped up in all of God's attributes. And so today we're going to be looking at something I think a little bit more simple um, that Solomon speaks. God gives him these words and they're to his family, to his sons in particular, about being wise and it's about following simple instructions. Did you know you can be wise by following simple instructions from God? Now, when I was reading this and I was thinking about, okay, Solomon was given his son instructions. Um, where do we see instructions normally? Now, you may remember back to when you were a kid or maybe you're a kid right now and you're thinking about those instructions you got with your Lego set. I love that. When I got like a new Lego kit set, whatever they call them now, whenever I got one of those, I'd pull out the instructions only not. I wouldn't actually touch those. Uh, I would look at the picture on the box and I would go, can I make this without the directions? It was almost like a, a challenge of sorts. So I would look at the picture and I would see if I could do that. I knew that if it, if it got above about 50 you know, directions that I was going to have a hard time putting together. Uh, there was one time I got this uh, really awesome, it was like a submarine, you know, one of those little submarines, Lego submarines, and uh, it had a hundred steps in it. It'll tell you, it usually tells you right in the front of the box, you know, hundred steps to complete this. And uh, when I got it, I looked at it, and I was going, I bet I can do that. hundred steps? No. I can, I can look at the picture, and I can create this. Well, long story short, I couldn't. And uh, I got about halfway through, and I was very frustrated, and had all these parts that I did not know where they went. Uh, and so I had to go back, and I had to read the instructions. Well, Maybe you th- think about instructions from the perspective of uh, like an adult. And you know, we go out and we get things like prefabricated stuff, right? It's the cheap stuff, it's good stuff. I should have kids that jump on them. Uh, you go to the store and you get something that's prefabricated and it comes with a series of instructions. Now, in the same way, I've become a little more wise since then. It helps having a wife that goes, are we going to read the instructions? <laughs> are we going to read the directions? Uh, do we have to? Well, we probably should. Okay, so you know, we look at those, but what happens if you don't? What happens if you're like, you know what, I think based off of the picture, I could do this. And then you try, what happens? Well, the consequences for an adult are, well, you could waste a lot of time, right? Because if you construct it, and then uh, let's say it's a shelf, and you're going to put books on it, and you go to put books on it, and it falls apart immediately. Well, what do you, what do you know from that scenario? I probably didn't put it together right. So now you have not only that, but also the, if there's anybody else around, by the way, the embarrassment that you did not put it together well, right? Uh, and now it's in a pile on the floor. So you've wasted what? Time? You've lost some respect probably. And now you have to go back to the store and get another one. Or try to return it and explain, I didn't read the directions, so I'm going to need another one. I don't know if they'll refund you for that if you tried that. But usually that does not work. And so... In the same way, Solomon wants his sons to be wise. God wants us to be wise. He wants us to, uh, as much as we can, avoid making bad choices in life. And because we live in a fallen world, we're still going to make bad choices. We're still going to be affected by sin in the fall. And we're going to be in this place where we, we have to go, okay, God, I know I'm going to make mistakes, but I want to make the best choices that I can. I want to take the time that I have. I don't want to waste it. Like the person who says, I don't need the instructions. I don't need the directions. Uh, if we do that with life and if we do that with God and his word and when he speaks to us, 
then we're going to waste a whole lot of time, right? We're going we're gonna to spend that time doing something else that we could have spent uh, growing closer to the Lord. And so you may think, well, we don't, it's kind of hard to learn that. We may not learn that until a certain point. Well, the truth is that we can learn that at a very young age, right? You don't follow the instructions, the directions, things may go badly. And so what's the conclusion of this? Well, really of the introduction is just that we, we don't spend our time focused on things that don't matter. We don't spend our time focused on this idea that maybe, maybe we can just figure it on our own. Like we, we see the church, we see our Bible sitting on the shelf, we get up every morning, we go, I think I know how a believer is supposed to act. I think I know how a Christian is supposed to act. And if I just do some of these things, I don't think people will know. Maybe I'm really not. I don't think people will know that you know, when the pressure gets on us, right? David was talking about that this morning. And so when things get difficult, our response should be, God, we don't understand, but we still trust you. We know you've got the plan and all the wisdom and all the instruction, all the direction you've given us up until this point can sustain us through that, if maybe it doesn't seem like it does. And so with that, we'll go to the first fill in the blank. Simple instruction, simple instruction. Your kids always intently stare at you and listen to you like this, right? When they when you are giving them instruction or direction, uh, they're always going, yes, please give me more, right? I want to hear everything you have to say. Uh, does that always happen? No, probably more often than not, it uh, does not happen. You go, I need you to look at me. I need you to focus. I need to give me, you to give me your attention. And in the same way, um, God through Solomon is trying to get us to understand that um, God's just pouring out his wisdom to us, isn't he? I mean, like every single day, like we have, we have this ability to open up our word and go, God, teach me what I need to know. Help me to be wise. Instruct me. And so like that with a child, God wants to do that for us. And so it says in verse 8, hear my son your father's instruction and forsake not your mother's teaching. So <clears throat> this is um, kind of just paramount to the Bible. If you look at the Ten Commandments, you'll see one of these main laws is honor your father and mother. Now, some of you may have grown up in the situation where maybe mom and dad didn't know God, or maybe there was just a lot of unwise things going on. And so you go, well, what do I do in that situation? Well, we can still turn to God. But Solomon starts with this, the wisest man to have ever lived, because he asked God for wisdom and he gave it to him, among other things. And so he says, here's what you need to do. You need to listen. Don't forsake your mother's instruction, your mother's teaching. <clears throat> and then in verse, verse 9, it says, For they are a graceful garland for your head and a pendant for your neck. So this is like a reminder in a, of this protection, or a reminder that we have. If we're walking around being unwise, chances are, it's kind of like what we talked about last week. If you walk outside the door you're probably going to see something unwise relatively quickly, right? It's all around us. We're constantly combating um, this force that is in the world, the fall, that's affecting everything. It's even affecting our own flesh, the own, our own desires and things that like, we want. In fact, if you look to the book of Romans, Paul talks about this. And, he, and even Paul, who was this guy who was like a champion of the faith, um, he persecuted Christians before God called him out. And, and he, says, he says it this way. He says, there are things that I, I want to do, that I don't do. The things that I need to do, I don't. And the things that I do, I don't want to do, right? So we walk throughout this you know, every day. And so we, we can't read this and go, if I don't always make the right choice, then God is, uh, he's going to be mad at me all the time. No, God loves us no matter what, like a, a better father than any of us could ever be or mother. And so he wants to give us this and he reminds us. So he says, for they are a graceful garland. Um, this graceful garland um, in the Hebrew, it just means this uh, favorable um, wreath. It's like this idea of this, uh, you know, it's like an ornament that gets hung up that doesn't ever get taken down. 
Um, many of you have like wreaths you put up like for different seasons and there's like, you know, one for Christmas, one for fall. Maybe you do the doormat thing where it's like you, when you walk up and it's like, welcome. And you know, fall, there's like some nice colored leaves and Christmas time, there's a Christmas tree or maybe even Jesus in a manger on something for you, right? So we change those things out seasonally, but uh, in what Solomon is saying, he's going, it's like this graceful garland that's around your neck that doesn't leave. It doesn't go anywhere. How does that happen from just sitting on our hands and, and being like, yeah, I, don't, I mean, I don't know how to become wise. I mean, like, surely it's somewhere out there. Oh, God's given it to us. He said, Solomon's about to tell him. He, he's going, hey, if you would be wise, if you would follow our instruction, which comes from God, then it's going to be like this garland that's around your neck. It doesn't, doesn't change seasonally. It doesn't, you don't just be, become wise and then forget about it, right? You, you lean closer to us and closer to God, and that's how you become this way. And I love this word, too, he uses here. So you've got this graceful garland for your uh, head and a pendant for your <clears throat> neck. And this word for pendant in the Hebrew is the word anak, and it just means it's this extremely valuable keepsake that's more precious than anything. Now, all of us probably have something like that, maybe an heirloom. You know, we, we automatically think like diamonds or gold or like, you know, something like that. But there's this uh, precious heirloom, this pendant, what Solomon says. And Solomon had access to like anything he wanted, by the way, all money, all gold, whatever you, he, you wanted, he could have gotten it. But he said it more than that. He's not saying it's like riches. It's like this pendant around your neck that's more valuable than anything that you could ever achieve with your life. You could go to work your, you know, your entire life and you could buy whatever you're trying to achieve and, uh, and you could put that around your neck, but it would not be as valuable as this pendant that God gives. In fact, um, this word is only used three times in the Old Testament. And when you're studying God's word and you're looking at words, uh, you'll find that when something's only used a few times, it's a really important word. And there's a reason that of all the things that Solomon says, it's used three times. He actually uses it in another place in the scripture, in Song of Solomon, uh, uh, chapter 4, verse 9, he uses this word. And it says, you've captivated my heart, my sister, my bride. You've captivated my heart with one glance of your eyes, with one jewel of your necklace. So Solomon, who's talking about the marriage relationship in Song of Solomon here, he's going, it's like this couple. Do you remember when you saw your significant other for the first time? And it was like one glance from their eyes. It was this priceless thing that you're like, I couldn't spend all the money in the world to achieve what just happened in that moment. And what Solomon is saying here, he's going, hey, I'm going to compare this to marriage. So like this relationship you have, but, but also wisdom. And there's a reason he uses this. So you've got this graceful garland, and then we've got this pendant. He says, if you would listen, it would be like this garland that nobody can remove. In fact, it'd be like wearing this priceless pendant that if you looked anywhere throughout, throughout the Scripture, he compared it to this moment when these two people met eyes, and they were like, I'm with you forever. And, and God is speaking through Solomon. He's saying, be wise, because it's more valuable than you could possibly imagine. So let's be that. Let's be wise together. So it's important, right? So we've set this up now. Solomon is going to turn from going, there's these simple instructions that if we would just listen to, if we would stop being unwise, if we would stop making just all the choices, all the decisions that make us happy or we think are the right ones, and just looking at the picture of Christianity of, of somebody else's life who we, we think is a believer, and just doing those things. No, Solomon is going like, 
You need to seek it out for yourself. Like, we don't carry other people's Christianity around on us, right? We don't say we're a Christian and, you know, be like, hey, you know, Erwin, man, he's a solid guy. He loves the Lord. And if I do some of the things that he does, people may go, yeah, man, I mean, he seems like a solid guy too. But do I seek the Lord out for myself? And that's for every single one of us to go, we need to follow those simple instructions in God's word. Can we become godly and wise by following somebody else who's a solid believer? Yeah. But what else do we need to do? We need to go, I want that graceful garland. But it comes from every day, seeking the Lord. So simple instruction. Now here's a second, second fill in the blank. Evil planning. How did we get to that? Evil planning. Um, <clears throat> see the picture. Interesting. Um, and maybe you've seen something like that on National Geographic. I don't know if you like that kind of stuff, but it's of the lioness. And what is she doing? She's stalking the prey. And so Solomon is going to say, hey, look, follow simple instruction, but here's some things that you need to avoid. Like some parents just go, and I mean, it's okay too. Like, just do what I said because I said it, right? Do what I said because I said so. And we've probably all said that from time to time. We get frustrated and we're like, just do it, right? Just do it. I don't have time for this. But what does Solomon do? No, he sits down patiently and carefully, and he goes, following simple instruction, you need to be about avoiding evil planning, all right? He's going to get detailed too, all right? Most of us don't get this detailed, but it's for a reason that he does. So in verse 10, it says, my son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. <clears throat> so what should we, we be about? I mean, we see things that are going on in the world all the time that are evil and wrong, and we go, that's bad, right? I'm not going to do that, but what are ways that we falter, we make mistakes? We're very, I think, quick to highlight other people's sins or things that we see that are like, that's so wrong, but then we don't have any perspective or introspection into our own lives. So Solomon is going to be careful, right? There's going to be a lot of warnings here in this text, and many times it's the warnings that keep us out of trouble. It's like the, don't go that way. Hey, there's a cliff. You need to stop. Uh, it's it's going to be a steep grade. You should probably start slowing down before you get to this point or you're going to be in trouble, right? And so this is what Solomon is doing. He's saying, hey, avoid some of the pitfalls here. <clears throat> then in verse 11, he starts to give us some specific examples. He said, if they say, come with us, let us lie and wait for blood. Let us ambush the innocent without reason. <clears throat> The text kind of reminds me, if you've seen like the Lion King, you remember those hyena characters, right? Not so cute and cuddly. What were those guys doing? They were always scheming, right? They're always like, uh, you know, let's, uh, let's figure out how we can get the good guys, right? They're always trying to come up with something. And so in the same way, he, he, he's going to give them specific examples. I don't know if you ever had your parents do that. Hey, <clears throat> here's the right thing to do, and here's what it might look like if you make a bad choice. Um, here's what people will say. Here's what people will do who are not being wise, right? Maybe you've heard your parents say, or maybe you've even said it yourself <clears throat> to your kid. Hey, I'm not worried about you. It's the other people out there, right? And my, my mom and dad will always say that to me. Like, I, you know, you get your driver's license at 16, you get, you know, you're about to get in the car, and what do they say? They stop you for a moment. They're like, hey, yeah, I trust you. You've been wise up until this point. I'm just concerned about the other people out there, right? And so Solomon is saying like, hey, you need to be looking at what other people are doing. So yes, be wise, follow simple instruction, but don't get led astray, right? Because what are they going to say? Come with us. Let us lie and wait for blood. Let us ambush the innocent without reason. And we would probably read that and go like, 
I'm not lying in wait for anybody. You know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna ambush anybody. You know, that sounds crazy, but it might not be as crazy as you think as we keep reading. So because it gets darker and it gets deeper, and I would just encourage you, like, think about where you're at today, okay? Because we've got some simple instructions here, but. There's certainly a lot of evil planning going on out in the world. And so it says in verse 12, here's the depth of evil. He says, like Sheol, let us swallow them alive and whole, like those who go down to the pit. Wow, that got really bad really quick. You know, I know um, Solomon's sons, maybe they, when they were listening to him, or even us as we're reading this right now, you're like, you know what? I've, I've never, like, that seems really bad, like swallowing somebody whole. They're not talking about literally. He's just, he, he's saying like, like destroying somebody or killing somebody or taking all their stuff. Like, um, this is serious. And he, and he says the, like whole, right? Um, and then like those who go down to the pit, right? Now, now we see this all the time, right? The depth of depravity, um, and of evil. I mean, you, you don't have to look far again. You can turn on the TV and it's like, oh, something else bad happened. Like, how could somebody, I mean, it was like yesterday, um, somebody walked into a hospital in Dallas and, and killed two maternity nurses. And I'm like, how in the world? How does, you know, how does somebody do, like walk into a place and go and attack somebody, especially somebody like that, providing care for the most innocent? Like, that, that really messes with me. When I, when I see stuff like that and I just go like, God, you know, help me understand. I know we've talked about this, right? You know, things are going to get worse, but it still it messes with us, doesn't it? And so as we're reading this, you know, we have to go, there's real evil in the world, right? There's serious depravity. There's people who have completely turned themselves over to the enemy, right? Now we're saying like, we're going to follow God and we want to be wise, but we see it all around us in Solomon. He says, be careful, sons, because here's what people are going to do. And in verse 13, there's this false motivation. So people are going to try to convince you, right? They're going to try to convince you that well, their way is better. It says, we shall find all precious goods. We shall fill our houses with plunder. You know what Solomon said at the beginning of this? He goes, hey, follow simple instructions, and it, you'll receive like this, like this pendant that's more valuable than anything that you could possibly gain with your life. And then he turns it around, and he goes, here's what people are doing who don't follow God. They're scheming. They're lying. They are trying to attack you. They're trying to take advantage of people, right? And we see it all the time, right? Now, there are plenty of people out there in the world that may not know Jesus, that may not have a relationship with him, that genuinely try to do the right thing. But I always ask, like, why are you doing the right thing if there's no God behind it, if there's no reason behind it? Like, ultimately, you know, that comes back to us making choices to do things that we want for our own sake. And this is what Solomon is talking about. He's going, it doesn't take long for somebody to go from the point of like, yeah, I mean, I try to do the right things to going, well, if I could take advantage of that person, if I could do this, then I would get this. And I could, wait a second, I could fill my house with all kinds of plunder. And Solomon's going, sons, it's not worth it. It's just not worth it. Would you not rather have a garland of wisdom around your neck and a, and a pendant that, by the way, nobody else can give to you, nobody else can replace? In fact, God gives that to you. Don't forsake it. People are going to go, hey, the grass is greener. It's usually not, right? It's greener over here. We'll see. Uh, so, there, there, yeah, there's this false motivation to fill our house with plunder. I always think about that. It's like, well, we're not pirates, right? We're not fill our houses with plunder. We're not going out and get, you know, trying to take people's jewels and gold and doubloons or whatever they do. Uh, so we're not like that, but let's keep going. Let's keep thinking, keep praying, because this is the false motivation. In fact, Jesus had something to say about this in Matthew 16, 24 through 26. He said, 
Uh, <clears throat> then Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come up after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Or what shall a man give in return for his soul? And so people give a lot of things for their soul, won't they? Um, power, maybe the appearance of wisdom, but maybe more worldly wisdom and not so much godly wisdom. And Solomon's saying, don't trade it in. It's not worth it. And even if people can't see it with their eyes, the wisdom that sits on us, that rests on believers who trust in the Lord and seek Him for all wisdom, it's there and you can't replace it with anything in the world. All the plundering, all the trying to get what you can get, all the trying to take advantage of other people, it's not going to work in the end. So in verse 14, um, <clears throat> he's going to allude that people are going to put a lot of effort in all era, other areas of life, of worldliness, that they think will gain them something, that they think will help them attain whatever they're looking for in life. Uh, and it says, <clears throat> verse 14, throw in your lot among us, we will all have one purse. Now, you may have heard something similar like that before. It brings um, a lot of things to my mind, um, one in particular, because, the, again, this is Solomon. He's going, hey, sons, here's what people are going to do who are schemers, who are evildoers, who are going to try to take advantage of others. <clears throat> it may seem far-fetched from us, but it's really not. He said, they'll say, throw in your lot among us. If you do, we will all have one purse. You might have a chance of gaining some value, some worldly wisdom, maybe even a good business deal. But is it worth doing things unethically? Like when people look at us as believers, like whatever we do, because we're kind of all across the board, right? Um, we're in hospitals, uh, we're in schools, we're at farms, we're in all kinds of different businesses, right? And we're, wherever you're at today, whatever you're doing, like people should look at us and go, they do things well. They do things right. They do things ethically. In fact, if somebody were to like unpe- you know, peel back all the layers, if they were to look at your books, and they would go, there's nothing shady going on there. There's nothing wrong. There's nothing inappropriate. And, but Solomon says here, hey, people may entice you, your own evil desires, your own flesh. Even as believers, you know that, that like what Paul talked about in Romans, doing the things we don't want to do and like struggling, going, God, I don't want to be like that it may not be too far away from our own thoughts. And so and that's why he says here, they'll say, throw in your lot among us, we will all have one purse. So there's this small like sliver of a chance. And this is what ropes people in who end up committing like multiple crimes and thinking like, no, this time it's gonna work out. No, the heist is gonna work out. It's not like, like Ocean's Eleven or whatever. You watch those things and they're like, man, I could do that. No, you couldn't, right? It's not, not going to work. You're not going to get away with it. Um, <clears throat> you know, our system of government and crime and police, all those things work really well, right? So that just doesn't work. And so some people say, well, I'll get away with it. And I love watching those kind of shows, like the police shows, and they, they, get, they arrest the guy, and they get in the box with him, right? That's what it's called. <clears throat> and he's sitting there, and he's got the light over him, and he's by himself, you know, and the guy walks, and he slams the door, and he's like, <gasps> and he shakes at the table, and, uh, and the detective, he'll look at the young man, whoever committed the crime, you know, you're in a lot of trouble, man, and, and what will you hear something from the, the criminal? He'll say, man, I didn't do nothing. <laughs> nothing happened. I'm not a part of this. You can't prove it. The detective might say something like, well, actually, we know you're an accomplice. We know that you helped with this part of it, and, and the guy may say, well, no, man, I didn't murder that guy. I didn't have any part of that. Yeah, but you kept 
the books or you arranged the car or you did this and you know what they'll say to him? You're an accessory to murder. Whoa, wait a second. Wait, you mean I could go, I could go to jail for this? Yeah, you're going to go down. And normally what happens is they go, uh, can I make a deal? <laughs> right? Oh, that's not how God works. He's saying, you need to stay as far away for, as you can from this because there's going to be a day where you just, maybe you start going, well, maybe if I could just, I'm going to make a little adjustment here. I'm going to do things a little unethically here. I'm going to make an adjustment there. And nobody's going to know or nobody's going to, but God's watching the whole time, right? And at some point, somebody uncovers that and it's, it's going to be like, man, what were you doing all this time, right? Why were you wasting your time? It's like the kid with the Legos who's like, I can build it. I can make it work. I can make it my own. I don't need the instructions. I don't need the directions, right? That doesn't work when it comes to our lives. God's going, don't forsake the teaching. People will try to lead you astray. They will. And then in verse 15, he says, my son, do not walk in the way with them. Hold back your foot from their paths. This word here for walk, um, it's a little more complex in the Hebrew. It's the word uh, yalak, and it just means manner of life. He's saying, hey, my son, don't live your life like that. Like, don't live your life thinking about ways that you can scheme or you can take advantage of or you can hide things. Because a lot of times, too, we think, um, like, we can just go, well, no one will know. (laughs) No one will know. Somebody will find out, right, at some point. God knows the whole time. And so he says, "Don't, don't live your life like that. Like, don't live your life like the person who's constantly going to the store. I need a new bookshelf. I'm going to go get a new bookshelf. I'm going to buy that prefab one. It's cheap. It's good, right? That's what I need right now. And then you don't read the instructions, and you try to put weight on it. What happens in your life? Things just start falling apart, don't they? It doesn't work. And so he says, don't walk in this way, right? And then he says, hold back your foot from this, from this path, from their paths. Uh, Menach in the Hebrew um, and he's just saying, don't go down that road. And, and this phrase was actually, is actually used throughout the Old Testament in regards to wisdom. And, and somebody says, hold back. Don't go down, don't walk down that path. Don't live your life like that. In fact, don't even get on it. Don't even go, get on the train. Don't get on the road. Don't deviate from wisdom because what happens? Well, when you deviate, it's really hard to get back on track, isn't it? And maybe you've been in that place. Uh, maybe you're, you know somebody right now. Maybe you're praying for somebody. Uh, maybe a friend, a family member, a coworker. You're just like, I, I, just, I just want them to get back on track. And it's so hard, isn't it? Um, man, I, I'm praying for those, who, those that I know of um, in our church family and extended family. They're maybe just struggling. Maybe having a hard time. And they've just kind of stepped off that path of wisdom, of following God. Solomon says, don't do it. It's so hard. It's so hard to get back on. Um, don't deviate from that. It's like um, <clears throat> I was coming back from Buffalo the other day, and you know here the roads are different, like the throughway, the 90. It's really great most of the time, unless you miss your exit. And then it's not like, oh, I'll just, hey, there's an exit a mile down the road. I'll just turn around. No, that, that next exit, if you go past Batavia, it's 48. If you go past Batavia, you're like, uh, where's the next exit? <laughs> you just keep driving and driving. It's like 20 minutes down the road, and by the time you get there, you're just like, okay, not a good day. Not a good day, right? Uh, may have happened a few times. Um, so you go past that, and then it's pretty, it's pretty hard to correct things, right? Then you're going, okay, well, I was supposed to be here then. Now I've got to ha- add a half hour to my, my day, and uh, what am I supposed to do? Because it's easy to deviate, isn't it, right? That's why God's just saying, like, hey, it's focus, focus, focus. Solomon's going, just listen to simple instruction. It's so easy to deviate. That's why you've got to start at following God faithfully. Have that garland. 
have that pendant that you can't replace. You can't get it anywhere else. You can't go to the pawn shop and get some knockoff diamond pendant. No, he's going, this is an irreplaceable wisdom. You will not find it anywhere else. You'll find imitations, and you'll find maybe that pendant of like pretending, but you're not going to find the pendant of genuine wisdom that comes from following God faithfully. And so 16, here's where the path always leads, right? We start making bad decisions. We start doing things that are in opposition to God. In verse 16, it says, for their feet run to evil, and they make haste to shed blood. And again, when we read this, we're like, wait a second, I'm not killing anybody. Well, what did Jesus talk about when he referenced uh, murder in the Scripture? The Sermon on the Mount, he was talking about this, and he's going like, if you hate somebody, you kind of killed them, like for real, like spiritually. Like there's, if there's hate in your heart, you shouldn't be doing that. So how often do we like live our lives thinking that we're all good? And then like, God's happy with us. But we're making a lot of bad choices still. We're being very unwise. Um, and maybe it's not outwardly, but, but maybe like what Jesus was trying to get at, it was more about our hearts, like more about being wise when it came to, even when somebody does something, because I know it's simple, like, you know, we'll just, somebody will cut us off and we'll be like, I didn't do anything, God. I didn't honk at him. I didn't tailgate him. I'm all good. <laughs> but... But what do we do in our hearts? Oh, oh! I cannot believe they did that. How dare they did that to me? Who are they to? And, and we just like jumped off the path, didn't we? Instead of going, I've got to be wise. I remember my dad's voice. He was teaching me how to uh, drive, and many times he'd be going down the road, and he'd be like, okay, wait a second, like, hold on. And he'd be giving me a warning about things about to go badly, but I was like, no, Dad, I got it, I got it. And then something would go badly, and I'm like, what? how did it happen? Like, I'm just confused about how, how I got in this spot, but I didn't listen to wise instruction. I didn't listen to that direction, right? But it happens to us all the time. It's easy, you know? It's hard for us to, like, admit that, uh, but if we're being honest, there's probably not a day that goes by that we're like, oh, I could have done something different. I could have been more wise. It doesn't mean as believers it just gets t- completely taken away from us, right? Because we're wearing that pendant, or we should be. <clears throat> but we've got to keep d- digging into God and His Word. And then verse 17, we've got to be wiser than this, than this because here's, here's who the person is who's not being wise all the time. Uh, here is the way that they are living. It says, for in vain is a net spread in the sight of any bird. And you're like, What? I know reading through the Proverbs, I was listening to this the other day, and I was like, why is he talking about birds now? I'm, I'm very confused. Um, <clears throat> well, this was an agricultural time. This was a time that was primarily based off of like raising livestock and crops, and um, sometimes we forget how important that is. And um, he says, for in vain is in that spread in the sight of any bird. <clears throat> Matthew Henry describes it this way. He says, this person is like a silly bird that sees the net spread to take her, and yet it is in vain she is decoyed into, into it by the bait and will not take the warning which her own eyes gave her. But we think ourselves of more value than many sparrows and therefore should have more wit and act with more caution. God has made us wiser than fowl, the fowls of heaven, and shall we be as stupid as they? Well, that was kind of harsh, Matthew Henry. I don't know if you read his commentary, but um, this is what Solomon's talking about. He goes, you're not a bird that gets lured into a net, um, that gets trapped. Like, we're supposed to be more wise than this, right? As we we look at the things that are going on in the rest of the world, and we're just like, man, that's crazy. It's out of control. But then sometimes we live our lives in the same way. We get caught up in the same traps, and he's going, like, you, you need to be more wise than this bird that gets trapped, okay? God gives us so many warnings, right? It's kind of like um, 
I, was, I grew up in the South, okay, so um, severe weather was just like a normal thing, like, you know, hail the size of softballs and um, tornadoes all the time and um, just things you're just used to, certain times of the year. And uh, <clears throat> there would always be these um, storm chasers that would go out, like legitimate storm chasers. They had, I don't know if you've seen that on, like, they've made some documentaries about it. They have, like, these tanks that can, like, you know, clamp into the ground when a tornado's, you know, going over them. Well, some people would say, I want to be a storm chaser too. And they go, hey, they get some of their buddies together. Let's get in our car. And let's go follow this tornado. Nobody knew that. That's a bad idea, right? And so people would get genuinely hurt going, no, we'll get like the best picture. We'll get the best shot. You can't get close to a tornado and not get hurt, by the way, in case you were wondering. Um, everybody runs and hides. The sirens go off. And uh, in fact, when we moved here, um, one of the same sirens they used for the fire department it's the one they use for tornadoes, so I'm like, what's happening? What's going on? Uh, the, and you're supposed to go into your basement if you have one, or you go to the you know, inner, the interior part of your house, and you'll be okay maybe, <laughs> right? And so people thought it'd be a good idea to do that, and you see people over and over again being unwise. You're like, that's not a good idea. Well, I wonder why. Listen to sound instruction, and it might help you, okay? Uh, so uh, here's the last part of this, and this last fill in the blank. So we've got simple instructions, evil planning, and life crushing. Because it can get really, really bad if we just keep going like, I think I got it. I don't need the instructions. I don't need wisdom. Even as believers, we can make really bad choices instead of staying close to God and his word. Solomon talks about this bird. He's like, sons, don't be like the bird. Like the bird saw the net, and then he was like, I like the food that's in the net, and he still gets caught. So here's what happens. It can be life-crushing when we make continual bad choices. We are unwise. In verse 18, it said, but these men lie in wait for their own blood. Oh, wait a minute. It, it, he was just talking about them laying wait for other people's blood. They're waiting and they're lying wait for their own blood. They're attacking themselves. Well, what does it say? They set an ambush for their own lives. Oh, whoa, whoa, wait a second. They were going after other people. How did this happen, right? How did this, like, how did this turn on its head? It's because being unwise and taking advantage of others and doing the wrong thing or scheming or being unethical, it's always going to come back on you, right? Um, and we have to remember this and so it can be crushing even to, you know, our souls. Like, we can only pretend for so long before things get, like, really bad and really weighty um, to the point where maybe you need to um, talk to somebody. I, <clears throat> as I was reading this, too, I was thinking about everything that's going on in the world. And, you know, David mentioned this morning, it's like the crime and the craziness, and you just, like, turn on the TV. I don't even want to most of the time, right? I turn it on, or I look stuff up because I need to know what's going on, um, just to try to help us navigate life and the world that we live in. I don't enjoy it at all. Um, and so maybe, uh, really over the last couple of years, there's been a lot of increase in crime in various areas for various reasons, but you'll see like a young person like going and attack, attacking an elderly person, like just to get a phone or a purse that may not even have much in it, and you're like, why would you injure somebody to do that? But, but what does this mindset do to us? They think it's helping them, right? They think that, that doing that evil act, that attacking somebody, that getting like some small thing, right? And when Solomon says, hey, they're saying to you, hey, put, put, put the purse in one pot and maybe you'll get something out of this. Solomon's going, it's not worth it. You're going to throw away the only thing that's worth anything, godly wisdom, that garland and that pendant that you, it's going to be really, really hard to get back to, by the way. Don't deviate. That's what he says. But a lot of people lack wisdom. And they don't even understand. Let's not even think about it from a godly perspective. Maybe this person doesn't even know God, doesn't read the Bible, and they're like, I think I can take advantage of this person. Well, where does that lead? Like, you're a felon now. Jail time. 
Oh, you can't get a job? Oh, wow. I mean, surprise. That shouldn't have been a surprise, right? Scripture tells us, too, that the, the government, that the, the entity that uh, takes, it, takes, takes on responsibility for caring for our society, it doesn't bear the sword in vain, right? So these things, I mean, just wisdom itself, even just worldly wisdom, people, like, people are making a lot of bad choices right now. And so we have to be people that are going, you know, we're not just like judging everybody and going, you're bad, you're wrong, you're naughty, right? But we're going to make good and wise choices. Why? Because God's given us direct access to it. But there's someone who's going to continue to make so many bad choices. It's going to steal their life away. It's going to crush their souls. And so it says in verse 19, such are the ways of everyone who is greedy for unjust gain. It takes away the life of its possessors. Now you should stop there for a moment, right? Want for, for um, uh, what does it say? Uh, Such are the ways of everyone who is greedy for unjust gain. It takes away the life of its possessors, right? The schemers, what do they do? Well, the word here for um, life, it says, is actually the word, if you read it, it's the word nefesh in the Hebrew, and it means soul. He's not just saying, like, you might get hurt. You might lose your life. You might, some, mis- uh, some unfortunate things may happen to you. No, Solomon used this word for a very specific reason. He says, for everyone who is greedy for unjust gain. What's going to happen? It takes away the life of its possessors. You think you're gaining something. You think you're achieving something. You think you're pulling the wool over somebody's eyes. You're spreading that net, right? And I know some of us would say, well, I'm not doing that. Like, I'm not going to attack anybody. I, but think and pray on wisdom. Like, how do we live? How do we operate? Um, how does God want us to live? Do we really have that graceful garland around our necks? Do we really have that pendant that, that we could say, we really do have that? We really do have wisdom. We really do make good choices. Um, and let me just say it's hard, like, right? It's very difficult. We live in a world that's pulling on us in a lot of different ways. Maybe you didn't have parents, again, that were like, you know, leading you in godliness or being wise. But the truth is that all of us should be able to turn to God right? And, and go, I want to follow simple instructions instead of being led astray, right? <clears throat> Jesus said something about this. I think it'll help us as we close. In John 10, chapter 10, I want to read just a few verses here. Starting in verse 5, it says, a stranger they will not know, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. This is a figure of speech Jesus used with them They did not understand it, what Jesus was saying to them. And then in verse 7, chapter 10, John, uh, it says, So Jesus again said to them, Truly I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. And I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. So I don't know where you're at today. Uh, maybe you've come to this place, or maybe you're listening online, and you're like, I think maybe I've been doing things the wrong way. I think maybe I've been trying to pursue or try to scheme or trying to do things even unethically, but I've been like living under this facade of maybe being a believer or saying like, yeah, I got the garland of wisdom. I got this pendant of wisdom that Solomon talks about, uh, but maybe not. And Jesus is very clear here. He's like, what does the enemy come to do? The things that maybe even we think are good ideas sometimes, he's, he's just trying to steal. He's trying to kill. He's trying to destroy. He's trying to lead us astray. And Solomon said to his sons, don't deviate from the path. It's going to be so hard to get back on. Stay close to instruction. Stay close to the wisdom that I give. And so I think there's a few people in here, uh, maybe one person 
uh, who you walked in the doors, right? You're either here online and um, you're safe, but maybe you just made some bad decisions. Maybe you've just been unwise in some spaces and I don't know where that is. Uh, maybe you just need to make a few adjustments. And you're like, I, I really have wanted to have that garland, that pendant of wisdom. Um, but I just, sometimes I struggle. And so God's there. He's going, hey, like, let's just make a slight adjustment. Let's turn the ship. Um, maybe you're here um, today and you're like, yeah, I, I don't know God. Or maybe you're pretending to know God. Maybe you don't really have a relationship with him. And so <clears throat> I want to share with you today, it's actually easier to enter into wisdom and knowing God than you might think. Um, you would admit you're a sinner, believe that Jesus is God's son, that he died on the cross for your sins, that he was raised on that third day. So if you would confess that with your mouth, scriptures tell us you'll be saved. And then this whole avenue of wisdom is opened up to you. If you don't know God, if you don't walk with him, you're definitely not going to be wise. You may be able to make some good decisions when it comes to what the world would say, but you're going to be led astray. You're going to be led to your own desires. <clears throat> Maybe you're in here as well, and um, you are uh, been a believer for a long time. You've been trying to walk in wisdom, stumble and make mistakes along the way. Luckily, God's there to, to pick us right up. Um, I just had that conversation this week um, with Alana. And I say this all the time, but I, I tell her I love her. There's nothing she could ever do to make me stop loving her. But what happens when even us as believers, like, we can make bad choices, right? You can tailgate somebody. Um, you can scream and yell at somebody. You can uh, do things in an unethical way. And, and what do the scriptures tell us? There's going to be the same result, right? We may know God, and we may, like, get up there to heaven and be like, oh, God, I trusted in you. And he's like, yeah, but, man, you wasted a lot of time. Why did you make so many bad choices? And God's going like, you don't have to live like that. Like, we need to live like we know, but we need to also be wise. Um, <clears throat> and so I don't know. I don't know. Maybe you find yourself being one of those people today. What I want to do is um, pray for us and then just give you the opportunity. If you need to make that decision to follow Jesus for the first time, I'll be here. Um, if maybe you just need to talk. I know we all have different seasons of difficulty, and maybe we're just like, man, I made some bad decisions recently. And you just need somebody to talk to you or pray with you. I'd be glad to do that um, before you leave today. Uh, and, and maybe you find yourself like at the point, like if I don't make a change right now, this is going to go really bad. I've been pretty much making nothing but bad choices. I don't know God. I'm going to make a decision today. Uh, maybe make a little deviation if you're in that place too, okay? Um, I want <clears throat> to pray for us and just remind us um, there's hope. Like, let's not deviate from the path. Follow those simple instructions that God has given us. And let's not find ourselves in the place of, like this evil planning or practicing that maybe we think is really far away from us, but it's really not. Maybe we fall into that space at times. And, and <clears throat> I know one of the biggest grievances for us too as believers in here uh, is just praying for those that are, that are lost, that don't know God, that are friends, family members, coworkers, whoever it might be. We should be burdened um, for those who don't know God, those who are flying into that net and they're making it for themselves, right? Let's pray for them this morning too, okay? Um, let me pray for us and we'll be done. Uh, Father, we uh, come to you today and uh, we thank you for your word and uh, for how you've taught us this morning. Um, God, this wisdom that we need, we want to have this uh, graceful garland and this pendant uh, around our necks that we, we can't replace with anything, God, like, like Solomon shared with his sons and, and we saw he used the same word for this first glance that a couple has together, God, that it's priceless. You can't take it away. You can't buy it. Um, God, we're, we're thankful that we can't. Um, that there's nothing that we could do to merit your favor, your salvation that's been given to us in Jesus. Um, we're so thankful for that. I pray that we would not treat it poorly, which you've given us this grace. Um, God, that we would not live like those who are practicing evil, um, those who 
um, <clears throat> extend themselves so far um, that it ends up taking their own lives, uh, taking their souls away because they don't trust in you. God, I pray that you would um, help us to heed these words, that we might be wise, that we would follow the simple instructions um, that you've given us in life. Um, God, that we can be wise, that we can walk around knowing you, um, knowing the truth, being wise, making good choices. God, help us when we make mistakes, because we all do. Um, Thank you that you pick us up um, out of the dirt when we make poor choices. Help us to be wise and close to you every day. And it's your name we pray. Amen. Love you, church. Have a good Sunday. And um, man, the weather couldn't be